Good morning. Good morning. Give the person next to you a high five or a low five or say hi. Good morning. What's up, dude? Happy New Year. How's everyone doing? Ready for a new year? 2018? Some are like 2017, goodbye. Some are like, oh, I miss you already. Man, it's good to have you guys here. Uh, welcome to Hill City Church. Man, we're excited about 2018. Uh, I'm the kind of guy that kind of likes the whole start over, you know, start new 2018. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to some things in my life, personally, professionally, relationally, and from the things we get to do with our church. Um, but we're so glad you came to visit us this morning. And uh, we got some exciting things today with the service, taking off groups, and all sorts of really cool things. So, so welcome, welcome. Uh, one thing I'm really excited about right now, I might say the word excited a lot, so bear with me, uh, is we've been talking about this for a while is um, at Hill City Church. Uh, the whole, today's going to be a lot about prayer, and the month of January, if you guys aren't aware, if you're not following us on social media, if you're not following us on our website, a lot of it's, uh, we're doing prayer and fasting in the month of January. And, uh, and what is fasting? You know, that's, uh, that's cutting out something in your life. And uh, there's, it's a very biblical principle, so I'm not going to go too much into it. But we're also focusing a lot on prayer. Uh, can I get an amen on prayer? And so uh, we had a, a, a lovely lady jo uh, approach us about three months ago, and we, we've always wanted to do this. And you're kind of like, uh, you know, it hasn't been devoid of prayer in our church, but uh, we're looking to formalize a prayer team. And uh, so uh, Michelle uh, Bolton right here, can you raise your hand? You're already getting claps. You haven't even done anything yet. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, we're going to be, uh, uh, she approached us, uh, me and John, about three months ago and said, hey, I want to lead a prayer team. And so uh, we sat down over the last couple of months and planning it out and, uh, and really looking, how do, we, how do we formalize this? How do we get excitement around it? Um, and so she, I asked her, I said, put, me, put together a few words for me on, on what do you think this is? Uh, and I challenged her, you know, theologically and, and, and asked, like, this is a really important thing, right? Uh, and we don't want to treat this lightly. And she's like, Paul, let's just get going. So, um, but I, I like I like to plan. I want us to get us excited about it as a church and as a leadership team. Uh, so the purpose of the team is to uphold the congregation and its ministries, and also the community in prayer, and to educate, empower, and inspire the congregation in their prayer lives. So, this is all about that. In 2018, we want to start this right. Uh, 2018, you know, today's January 7th. It's just another day, really, in the grand scheme of things. Kind of God's outside of time, but for us, it's really important. So we want to kick off this year right, and I can't think of a better way, Q, than to start with prayer. Amen? That we start is at our foundation. It's one of the pillars of our faith. It's what our Savior did Jesus. It's what God has demonstrated for us. So uh, we're going to do this right. We're going to formalize the team. So Michelle and Heather, uh, Michelle Bolton, Heather Gervellis are some of the team. Um, and they're going to be monthly and really uphold uh, the senior pastor, the elders, the deacons, the leaders of this church, as well as all the ministries and beyond. Amen? And so we're going to be kicking that off um, uh, really today. <laughs> and if there's questions, uh, if you want to be involved, uh, if you maybe if, you, if a life group maybe is, is too much for you or being involved in a, in a larger ministry, I would say this is a really good spot to start. Uh, we, I've obviously, uh, we're going to talk about life groups today. We really encourage you to do that. Um, but if, if you are interested, man, I keep tripping over these awesome candles these electronic candles and uh but if you're interested uh talk to michelle get her contact information and she'll get you plugged in amen and with that i'm going to start with some prayer uh, and we'll uh and we'll and we'll go from there god thank you for this morning thank you for 2018 and i got right, right now i gotta just prepare myself and in, in worship god that we may start this year right now in in praising you and worshiping you god uh of what you've done in 2017 
what we've learned. Uh, some of us come in today with, uh, with a heavy heart. Some of us come in with just absolute exhilaration, joy, excitement, anticipation, God. Whatever it is, God, we pray for your knowledge this morning, God, that we be able to learn more about you and worship you in truth this morning, God. May Hill City stand on January 7, 2018 and glorify the name of Jesus, God. We love you. We love you, God. And we give it all right now, everyone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. just going to enter into worship now and um, just like everybody's saying it's a new year I mean this happens you know every new year um, but just uh, today just think to yourself and say like what is it that I want to happen differently where do I want to go like in my relationship with God where do I want my worship to go and do I want to stay the same am I okay with that and, um, and if you are that's between you and God, right? It's it's not anything that um, we can tell you that you need to do, but uh, just to encourage you today that it is a new year, it's a new day, and um, and if you invite God in, He will meet you. Amen. So let's just begin. Let's worship together, and um, let's invite His presence into this place and into our lives. Where my heart becomes free 
Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. And Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be
place. Fill this room with your spirit, God. Fill our hearts right now. Fill our lives right now with who you are, God. Fill this place, God, with your promises. God, with your love. God, we reach out and we take it right now, God. Everything that we need is in you. We step with faith right now, God, to reach out. To take everything that you have to offer us, God. God, we celebrate newness. We celebrate new life, new spirit. Stepping into a new time with you. Let your spirit reign supreme. We leave the old behind. Shake off the dust. Brush off your knees and we run towards you. You are our goal, Lord. Let us do nothing in this new year without you, Jesus. Without your hand upon our life, God, be with us. As you promised, God, we honor you today, Jesus. song today just let it just let it wash over you today as a promise fulfilled from God to be with you and never leave you and never forsake you you are matchless in grace and mercy there is no Sweet. 
your voice, sing it out. God with us, God for us, nothing can come against, no one can stand between us. God with, just raise your hands. God for us, nothing can come against, no one can stand between. One last time. God with us, God for us, nothing can come against, no one can stand between us. Give God praise. God praise. I just want to say those words one last time with our eyes closed. When there was death, when you brought life, Lord. Come on. When there was fear, you brought courage. We're speaking over ourselves right now. When I was afraid, you were with me. You lifted me up, and you lifted me up. When there was death, you brought life, Lord. When there was fear, you brought courage. When I was afraid, you were with me, and you lifted me. One last time, God with us. God with us. God for us. Nothing can come against. No one can between us. God with us. God for us. Nothing can come against. No one. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. I pray that that is the starting point of our day. We know that you are with us and that you're for us, Lord God. Let us understand with our life, what would we truly do, Lord God? What would we pray if we knew that God was truly with us? The God of the universe is truly for us, Lord God. I believe that's what you want to speak to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. You guys can be seated.
you're too loud. All right, I talk quiet. <laughs> like communion is uh, it's a time of remembrance, as Jesus taught us, uh, to remember what he did, the gift, the gift that he gave us, the sacrifice that, that he gave. Um, so it's all about that remembrance. Um, well, the one thing we, we tend to forget is we're not remembering a tradition that he started that day. We're remembering a 500-year-old tradition that he's that he fulfilled the next day following for between four and six centuries before that the people were already uh, taking the wine and the bread um, during the week you take the bread first then you drink the wine on you open the Sabbath on Friday night uh, with the wine first and the bread second or any of the feasts um, and there's a, so much symbolism in all of that but uh, the reason they started it, uh, it goes back to the ten, one of the Ten Commandments. He said, God said, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And, and we already know he, he told us, you need to be holy because I am holy. Um, and so they knew to keep the Sabbath holy, they needed to, after their six days of work, enter the Sabbath holy themselves. And you cannot be holy without going through sanctification. Uh, so to enter into the Sabbath rest, and we know this Sabbath rest is a, is a symbolic for basically heaven. When we enter, we finish our work on this earth, we enter the Sabbath rest. So they created a tradition at the time. Um, they called it and it started and they've been they're doing it today and it's almost 2600 years old. They called it Kiddush still called Kiddush today. Kiddush is sanctification. It comes from the same root as Kadosh, which is holy. It's confusing in English, but in Hebrew, they're spelled exactly the same other than the vowels. But to become holy, you've got to go through sanctification. Same words. So they would start Friday night, uh, especially, you know, uh, during the feast. They would prepare the bread. They would prepare the wine. They would take the wine. It would add water to it. Uh, one, because you didn't want the full, you know, the full strength of the wine, especially with kids in the room, etc. Um, so you would you would water it down. So the the water would represent uh, mercy. You know, the the wine in the cup represented wrath or justice. Um, the cup that it went into was redemption. And the people had always known. Future redemption was coming, and for for us to become holy, we have to, you know, God's wrath has to fall for us to be redeemed. But even as, as Habakkuk had prayed for the people, uh, God, when you pour out your wrath, remember mercy. None of us can handle the full wrath of God. If it was poured out on one person, we would be destroyed. So we had to pray for the people. When you do pour it out, Lord, remember mercy. So when it comes to the time of Jesus, he wasn't inter introducing anything new. He was saying, this tradition you've been following, this is about me. Tonight or tomorrow, um, I'm going to fulfill it. My body is going to be broken, just as you've break, been breaking the bread for centuries. My blood's going to be poured out, uh, just as we were pouring the wine in the cup today. Uh, the cups we're using today, in, in the same fashion, it's... it's uh, juice but it's also mixed with water because we're not going to drink straight 
grape juice or cranberry juice, whatever it is, it's going to be tempered with that, that mercy of the water. And so he, in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four, 24, when he goes through it, he says, and when they had given thanks, he broke it, speaking of the bread, and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So this is a, this is a turning point. Before we drank the wine, broke the bread, remembering the, the, the future redemption, the redemption that was coming. From that night forward, that was going to be the last night. It was about the future. Every time we take it after that, it's about the past. Because the next day, uh, he fulfilled it. He satisfied it. So the next day, uh, you get to the end of the ninth hour. He's on the cross. Um, they break the legs of the two people being crucified with him so they would die. Um, but he had already, he, he chose the, he chose the moment of his death. He said, it is finished, and he died. Um, to make sure he was dead, a Roman soldier came up, shoved a spear in his side, and as it says, uh, John 19:34 says, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. That, that was the, the sign, my wrath is poured out, but the wrath is going on me. The mercy of the water, that's for you. So we remember he, he could have poured the wrath on us and we would no longer exist. But he, as Habakkuk prayed, he, he remembered mercy. He gave us the mercy and he took uh, the wrath on himself. Um, so every time we do this, we need to remember what it's, what it's about. People used to look at this as a future redemption. We need to look at this as the past. We've one, one time sacrifice uh, has made us holy. We've, we've gone through the atonement. We're cleansed. So just as he did, let's break our bread. Let's pray over it, Lord. We thank you for what you did for us. Help us to always remember you're the bread of life. It was You are the bread that was broken. Your body was broken for us. And we will always do this in remembering of what you did for us. In Jesus' name, let's take the bread. same way with the cup. Lord, thank you. You spilled out your blood for us, Lord. You didn't have to, but you did. You loved us enough that you wanted to sacrifice. You wanted to, you knew the wrath had to be poured out and you took it on yourself so that we wouldn't have to, Lord. We thank you. You made that one-time sacrifice Lord, you suffered so that we we never will have to, Lord. We've been made holy by your blood. We can enter that Sabbath rest with you because of your sacrifice. In Jesus' name, let's take the cup. And thank you, Alan. Thank you, Alan. Julie's going to come up and speak to us a little about 
uh, life groups. Uh, welcome, Julie. Thank you. Um, yeah, life groups. Usually we do a life group launch um, day one in the fall and one in the spring. And we do it one time, and unfortunately, um, we miss a lot of people. For the people who aren't here today because maybe they're still traveling, they wouldn't get the information um, that we want them to have. So we decided, I asked John, could we just talk about life groups every Sunday for the entire month of January just to make sure, um, not, not an entire sermon, just for a few minutes, um, just to make sure that we hit everybody because um, we really want every person here to um, feel like they are invited to join a life group. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit just about this last fall. Um, I had the privilege of leading a life group. My husband led a life group. We had growth track. We have people in our house a lot. And I felt like um, it, like I felt like there's still this one word that kept coming up. I would listen to podcasts and it would be about people that um, bought like a giant table and stuck it in their front yard so that people could gather there. And then I listened to another one and it was talking about this lady who builds huge tables and puts them in her backyard and just lets the entire neighborhood come. And so this idea of gathering and the table just was coming um, full circle all the time. I would walk into Hobby Lobby and the first sign I'd see said, gather in like giant wooden letters. And I'm like, oh my goodness, God, you got my attention. Um, but the problem with my personality is that I get good ideas and then I just like to sit on them for like five years. And so I was like, this is really good. I mean, I think we should gather people into our home, but maybe later when we're not already having three life groups at our house. And um, I made the, the huge mistake of telling this idea to my husband who works totally differently than I do. So I said, you know, Mark, I have this, um, keep listening to these podcasts, and it keeps talking about the table, and Mark's like, yeah, done. And I'm like, uh, what do you mean by done? And so in one week, he sold our couch. Um, well, he didn't sell it. He put it in the garage. The gar There's a really nice couch in our garage currently, and he went to American Furniture Warehouse and bought the biggest table that will fit into our living room, and so now the very first thing you see is this ginormous table. And I'm like, oh gosh, that's, that's tough because that has a calling to it. I don't just need fancy furniture to collect dust in my living room. Um, that table represents our calling as a family. And I really feel like God um, didn't just put that calling on just the Mitchell's life to be like the gathers of all people. I feel like he wants that to be extended to every Christian, every believer. And even today, I was kind of like, what should I talk about? Like, are you sure I should talk about gathering? Because once I say this out loud to you, then it kind of holds me accountable to actually do these ideas that Mark um, wants me to do. And so even today, I looked up, I was like, I'm just going to do one psalm before church. And it was Psalm 7, because today's January 7th, so I didn't plan this. And it was all about war. And I thought, oh, good. This has nothing to do with gathering. Until I get to Psalm 7-7, which says, Let the assembly of the peoples be gathered about you. Over it return on high. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, are you serious? Gather again. And so I really do feel like God must have put these words on my heart for a reason. Um, and I, I hope that you guys, as you start the new year, you think about your homes. Um, you know, how many people in this room did you have over to your home last year? 
And would it be a stretch to even just invite one couple or one family into your home to break bread at your table? And um, I would never ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. And if anyone actually knows me, I am not like the person who has the gift of hospitality and this is just super easy for me. Um, I am super introverted. I honestly would be fine if I never saw anybody. Um, but that's like my personality. Like I love alone time. I, I actually have a closet in my room dedicated to just me and it is my escape room. And I go in there and I lock the door to keep everyone out. So I understand if you're saying, well, I'm just introverted, that's not for me. I totally get that. Um, but I also think that maybe God is calling us to do something bigger this year, to be a little braver about that. Um, I also do not like cooking. Uh, cooking for anybody, including my family, is awful. So that's not like a strong suit for me. So if you think like, oh, that woman just likes to cook, I hate cooking. Which is why I really feel like gathering can be so much more simple than we think it is. My plan for our big gathering of 2018 is to make everyone else do a lot of the cooking and just bring it to our house. I plan on just wiping down the toilet seat. Like that's gonna be our extent of cleaning. That's about as clean as my house will be. Um, and that's about like what I can handle, but like I want it to be something that makes it attainable for all of you guys. So if you walk into my house and see some toys or a laundry basket, you know like I can bring people into my home too. And um, I've been reading this book, I just started it, and it's by um, Dr. Brene Brown, who is a social worker, which I'm a social worker, and she's also a researcher. And she said something profound in her book, Daring Greatly. It says, love and belonging are irreducible needs of all men, women, and children. We are hardwired for connection. It's what gives purpose and meaning to our lives. The absence of love, belonging, and connection always leads to suffering. And as the church, I'm just kind of calling all of us to be gatherers of people this semester. Um, if having people into your home isn't um, feasible for whatever reason, then go to one of our life groups. Be a part and bring people with you. Be like, hey, I'm nervous. I'm scared of these people. Do you want to come with me to this life group? And that's okay. Um, I'm excited. We're, we're going to actually be launching life groups in the first week of February. So you have a little bit of time to pray about this and think about it. Um, I purposefully did not finish the brochure because I felt like there's still a few leaders that I am praying will decide to lead. Um, but so, but next week, I should have the brochure ready for you guys. So I'm excited. I hope you guys will sign up. And I also wanted to make mention, because my husband's looking at me, that we will be doing what um, we came up with last night called uh, dinner for 12 because our table fits 12 people and we're going to do that on January 26th so if you need an invitation to come to somebody in this church's house consider yourself invited you have now an official invitation to the Mitchell's home um, we are asking which this makes it a little difficult we're going to ask that it's adults only because we want to actually be able to talk and get to know each other. And it's hard to do that when there's 45 children running around. And we have a lot of those too. So we're asking that um, you guys, if you wanna sign up, my husband Mark's gonna be at the growth track table and you're welcome to sign up for that. If the spots for this month fill up, then we'll just put you on for the next month and we'll send out a sign up genius. And we just want you to come over and eat. 
Like, there's no commitment. You're not committing to come to our house, you know, for the next eight years. Just one time, but we do want to get to know you guys in 2018. And we hope that if you come and have a good time, you'll be like, you know, that wasn't that hard. Like, that lady's house wasn't that clean. I could do that. Like, I, I could put on a pot of taco soup and call it good. So that's what I'm encouraging you guys. Um, I'm going to talk, like I said, every week um, for the next few weeks, we're going to have just a few minutes about life groups. And if you guys still haven't started, um, we're going to still do growth track. So if you haven't signed up for growth track, signups are still going for that too. And that's our membership class. And we would love for you to come over to our giant table for that. So thank you guys. Give Julie a hand. All right, I'm going to talk fast. Are you guys ready? <laughs> if you're ready, say amen. All right, that's what Christians say. We say amen. I don't know why. That's, that's what we do. It, was, it started from the Old Testament in Numbers, and it's, it continues today. All right, good morning. It's 2018, right? And uh, I'm just glad you guys are here. If you're a guest, my name is John, and uh, we believe around here that Jesus changes everything. We do. We believe Jesus changes the way we see ourselves, the way we see our family, the way we see our workplace, the way we see our dreams, the way we see our purpose, the way we see our passions. It's bigger than us. And that's the best news you've ever heard, that life is bigger than us, right? And the weight is off. When you put life on you like it's about you, the weight is heavy. But when the weight is on God and saying, God, I'm going to trust you, then it's, then it's light. There's freedom to that. And I'm believing with you guys. I want you guys to believe with me. I, if you just came around 2018 and you think, oh, it's going to be the same thing. I, I, I don't want you to think that way. I want you to believe great things in 2018 for your lives, for your homes, for your children, for this church, for your businesses. Whatever God is starting to creep up on your heart, I want you guys to think about it and set some goals in, in, in a bold way. Because listen, there is nothing God loves more than keeping his promise. I know you're like, oh, I've, I've heard that before. But I'm telling you, there's nothing God loves more than keeping his promise, than answering prayer, than working miracles. I know there's miracles even in this house with children in here They're, and fulfilling dreams. That's what he does. That's what he does. That's who he is. Who, who do you think we serve? Just a God that's kind of like, oh, you do your own thing. No, he wants to get in on it. And he wants you in on what he's doing. That's what he's doing, all right? And look, big prayers don't offend God. We're like, oh, dear, you know, I don't want to pray so big because, you know, I don't, I don't want to, like, you know, lose heart or anything like that. I believe big prayers don't offend God, but they honor God, right? Think about this. Small prayers don't really need divine intervention, right? God doesn't need to move on our behalf. It's like, God, please let me be able to buy a hot dog tonight, right? You just go to Costco. Sneak in if you don't have a card. Go through the tire area. That's what I do. Sorry, I did, I've done that before. I, I don't know why. Right? You don't have membership? Go through the tires. They don't check. Right? Oh, this is crazy. What am I talking about? I apologize. <laughs> but small prayers, that's crazy. I'm like sneaking to Costco. Right? Small prayers don't really need divine intervention. Right? God doesn't need to move on our behalf. I'm crazy, Isaac. That's just how we roll. Right? So I wonder, I wonder if our small praying, our small believing, our small pursuit of God is what really offends God. He's like, that's it? That's it? That's what you want? You want a taco from Costco? Is that what you want, John? Right? Because it doesn't, it does, God doesn't need to move on our behalf. If we live a life that does not require God at all, then God does not have to move. And we are just thinking that this is our relationship with God. And I'm telling you, it's not. 
Do you ever catch yourself praying monotonous prayers, anyone? Right? Every night. Every night. Take care of my kids. Take care of my house. Take care of my stuff. Take care of my job. Make sure I'm safe. Make sure I'm comfortable. Make sure nothing goes wrong. It's like, God, please don't change anything. God, please don't change anything in my life. That's what I want. What kind of weird praying is that? Can you imagine if your kids was like, oh, God, don't change anything. I just want to stay in first grade forever. You'd be like, what are you praying? You're praying crazy stuff, right? But is that what we're praying to God? Like, God, don't change my life. Don't change my comfort, God. Don't, don't bring anything in that, that, that doesn't make me feel safe. And what if that bothers God more than anything else in our big praying? We say we believe in an all-powerful, infinite, almighty God, yet we pray like life is about this, right? Life is, is all there is, trying to hold on to everything. Have you ever, like, if everyone make a grip with their hand, make a strong fist, like a grip. Try to, you can't put anything in there when you're gripping so hard onto something, right? You got to start letting go and, and grip onto something new. And that's what we're doing in 2018. We're letting go of the things we grip onto because the things normally we grip onto are gripping on us, right? They really have a grip on our lives. And we are opening up our hands. Open up your hands, I know. I know. That's all right, everyone. Everyone, yeah, thank you, Paul. Look, look, he's a teacher's pet. Two hands, two hands right here, right? He's letting go, and you got a grip on God. That's what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3 and chapter 4, but I'm going to read chapter 3, 7 to 8. It says, but whatever, I, whatever gain I had, whatever I'm gripping onto, I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. For his sake, I have suffered all things, and I count them as rubbish. Say rubbish. Do you know in, in the Greek, it's actually a bad word. It's in, uh, there's bad words in the Bible. Enjoy, enjoy. Yeah, that's right. It, it's not the nice word, right? It means dung, not in the nice way, right? It, that's what it says in the Greek. Paul says it on purpose because he's talking to a bunch of Pharisees and he's trying to shock them. He's trying to say, this is how, this is how garbage that is. This is how garbage everything we're trying to hold on to really is. And he's shocking you. It's shocking you. It's, it's the, and, 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 and he's saying, I don't want to gain that because it's all rubbish, man. It all fades. It's all garage sale stuff. The things we hold on to that think we think is going to give us purpose will not give us purpose. It's all rubbish that I may gain Christ. Jesus is what I want. Jesus is what I need. I want you, Jesus. That's what he's saying. And God is ready. But the obvious question is, are you? Am I? God is ready. What if this is the year that changes all years? I believe it is. Guess who's ready? God is ready. He's saying, are you? Could you and I in this church handle what God wants to do through you and I, through us, through this church, for others, for his glory? Are you ready if God would move on your behalf? Would you be ready? I'm, this is an honest question. Would we, would I, would you be ready if God chose to move on your behalf? All the things that you prayed about, if he just released them, would you be ready? Or would you start patting yourself on the back like, I did some good stuff, man. I prayed right. I said all the right things. I have my life together. Not like, not like Isaac. I got my life together. Not like him, you know. And we start comparing. We're like, I'm doing good. You're doing all right, right? And God, or would we be ready and would we say, God, this is not me. This is all you. Would we responding back in glorification of God and for the joy of others? Or would we say, I did some good stuff? 
And we would start holding on to our comforts that God has blessed us with. And once again, they become no longer comforts, but traps of life. God is ready, but he's asking us, are you? So in 2018, we believe it's a year of bold moves. Bold moves. It says, but the righteous are as bold as lions. And we're bold not because we're righteous because we made ourselves righteous. We're only righteous because Christ has made us righteous. And we can't be any more righteous than when Christ makes us righteous. And if you understand that, that will change your life. Because all the weight would start falling off of you, trying to be good, trying to make it right. Instead, we would try to seek Christ, and he would cleanse us. He would sanctify us, like Alan was saying. If you've ever wondered, there must be more. It's your spirit being frustrated with your outer man, outer person, outer woman, right? Knowing that the same Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, knowing that the same Holy Spirit... That was, that was empowering Jesus, knowing that the same Holy Spirit that was with David, knowing that the same Holy Spirit that was with the people in the, in, in the Word of God is the same Holy Spirit now. And there's an inner frustration understanding, I know there must be more. I know it, and there is. I'm, I'm not saying be Paul or be Peter. I'm saying be who God has made you to be and stop wussing out and, and pushing back and saying, oh, this is all I got. This is all I got. No, God wants your heart. God wants you with boldness. Can we stand with boldness knowing all things are possible, knowing the kingdom of God, like Alan was saying, is here right now, and you can know God face to face. But we are so okay with kind of like, oh, that's cool. We did some church stuff. I don't want you to be okay. I want you to be frustrated that, and let your frustration actually move into movement, right? If your frustration doesn't move, you will stay frustrated and you will say it's someone else's fault. And when God's like, I'm right here, man. I'm staring right at you. It's available for us today if we're willing to get bold. All of us, we've made little tweaks, right? We've made little tweaks in our life and said, oh, if I make this little tweak, this big thing's going to happen. But sometimes for us, we need to make a bold move. We don't need any more little tweaks. It's not working. We need to make a bold move of faith. We feel dead inside. You need to make a bold move in prayer. You know, like this year, God has really been speaking to me. I need to make a bold move in parenting. In parenting, he's like, I, I was up all night praying for my daughter and my kids, and that's uh, God has, is speaking to me to disciple my children directly, God, like I disciple other men in my life. It's crazy. It's so funny as a pastor, you're like, I'm going to disciple people, so I disciple people. And God's like, are you discipling your family? I'm like, no. <laughs> and it was such a conviction. Man, it just brought tears to my eyes to know that I would be so willing to pour into others when there's people right in front of me that I am called to pour into. And it takes bold moves, but bold moves take bold prayers. So that's why we called a church-wide fast for the first 30 days. And it's not too late. It's only day seven. You got 21 more days if you want to join up. 21 more days if you want to fast with us. We're fasting together from 1 to 30. And we are, we, uh, what, we're, what I'm doing is I'm tithing my year of dedication. If there's, a, if there's 12 months and it's off a little bit, it could be like 36 days if you want. But I want to get my first and I want to give it to God and say, I'm totally dedicated to you. I will, I will do whatever it needs to be to find you, God. It's a time of fasting, taking someone away from my life and putting, just cramming God, more of God into my life. Because the greatest issue we face is as the church today is not the world. 
It's not finances. It's not temptation. It's not anxiety. It's not the devil, but it's the lack of the presence of God. And then we get used to not having God in our lives, and we find it as normal. We get used to life without his presence, and we think that's normal life, and I'm telling you, it's not. It's not. It's not for me. It's not for you. There has to be a breaking of this cycle. Of, and, 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 it's, and it's life is so fast, and you can, it can cycle in so quickly. But what will break these cycles of not needing God, not wanting God, not even thinking about him when we are made for him by him, right? We need to get bold. Will you be willing to give your first part of your year to run after God because you need him? You want his presence. You want people who are far from God to encounter Jesus. And let me tell you, you got nothing to give, man. We think we do. But if we don't carry the presence of God, what are we actually giving, right? What can we give when we don't have it? If we have the presence of God, that's what we can give. So I want to dedicate this first part in wild, crazy pursuit of him. It might feel extreme, and people are like, oh, that's too much. I, that's what I want to hear. That's too much. That's good then. Because will you be willing to dedicate that too, to know him and seek him? Because what if this could change everything? I believe in bold hunger, bold sacrifice, bold prayers. Some of us in this room, we know what it means to get bold. Man, we've been bold for this world, man. We've been bold for our thing. We've been bold for money. I'm saying get bold for God. Get gold, bold for God. Reorder your life and put him first. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I don't know about you, but I need to find him. I don't need a nice little pick-me-up. I need a move of God for my life, for this church, for my kids, for the future, and for the lost. I need a move of God. Can we humble ourselves and sacrifice today for tomorrow, seeking God like our future in life depends on it? Because it absolutely does. How dare you, John? That's so radical. It's not radical. What else does an almighty God deserve but than everything from me? I need to make some bold moves. And how do we do this? We make bold prayers. And what is prayer? Prayer is getting a clear sense of the reality of God's presence. It's understanding what God is doing. See, it's not that God's not here. We're just on the wrong station, right? Have you ever been on, we were at this Christmas light thing and we were on the wrong station. I was like, I don't hear anything. I just hear oldies. You know, if you go to the Christmas light thing and they say, turn to this channel. I had it on the wrong channel, of course, right? My kids are like, dad, you're on the wrong channel. I'm like, I think it's this channel. It doesn't go with the lights at all, right? And I'm like, and then when you turn it to the right channel, oh, it, it, it's, it's in sync, right? Have you ever had like Dish Network and your satellite has too much snow on it or it got blown by the wind and it has that little box and it says code like 17645? You're like, what's going on? It's because you are not in alignment with the satellite, right? And in the same way, many of us, we're not in alignment with God and you're like, God, why aren't you speaking to us? He's like, you better get aligned. You, you need to reorder your life so that your, your, your life is faced towards me and it's spinning. And, and, you, and, and you, I don't circle around you. You circle around me, right? We, 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 we think that God circles around our life, and he does in a way. But in our, in our focus, we must circle around him like a satellite. How do we pray? Simple. And it sounds crazy, but we ask, seek, and knock.
In Luke 11, it says, I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Then he says it exactly same again. When Jesus says anything twice, he's saying, listen. I know it sounds so simple and so like mundane, but he's saying again, verse 10, for everyone who asks, receive. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. He's like saying the same thing twice and you're like, uh, I think someone miswrote this. No, he's not miswriting this. When, you, when you're writing scripture in this way, when you say write something twice in the Bible, whenever you read something twice or three times, like in, in the creation story, it talks about man four times, right? And it's saying, this is what I'm trying to talk about. And right here in prayer, he's saying, you ask, you seek, you knock. And you've got to ask to receive a reply. God is a loving father, and he wants his children to ask, and we must pursue him and request from him. Number two, we got to pray boldly. For Hebrews 4, 16, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. I, I find this verse interesting. I find this writer almost daring you. It's like, I dare you. I dare you. Dare you to go all in. I dare you to seek God like life depended on it and see what would happen. You, God chooses to move boldly through bold moves. That's what He chooses to do. He chooses to move boldly through bold moves, bold faith, and bold stewardship. Like, you give me this life, I'm going to give it right back to you. God chooses to move through us. And is it easy? Never. Never. Is it worth it more than you will ever, ever? No, God honors bold prayers. And number three, pray with persistence. Man, if you have a six-year-old, they are so persistent. Maybe a, you guys have three-year-olds or four-year-olds. They repeat the same thing, and you guys will know soon. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome when you get the same question a hundred times a day. A hundred times a day. I was talking to Paul and Drea and their son, Atticus. They, he says the same. He used to say the same thing. He says, Micah plays basketball. It's cool to hear Micah plays basketball, but it's not cool to hear Micah plays basketball 200 times a day. Hey, guess what, Jamie? Micah plays basketball. Great. Good job, Atticus. Okay, Micah plays basketball. You're like, thank you, Micah plays basketball. And they're like, no one bring you up basketball in this house they told me don't even say it don't even don't even touch a basketball because then 200 times Micah will play basketball and in that same way how persistent are we in in first kings 18 it says this right it says for three years there was no rain in Israel there was the drought and it was dire and and God promised Elijah that there would be rain but like every promise of God Elijah had to pray persistently it wasn't a one-time prayer so Elijah he got bold he's like oh you 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 come with me he brings his servant he goes on Mount Carmel and he gets bold he falls down on his face and he curls up and he begins to pray to God boldly and persistently on top of that mountain and he prayed and six times he told his servant after he prayed look towards the sea do you see a cloud and the servant would go like around the mountain it might take like 15 minutes he's like nope <laughs> comes back and then Elijah would pray again, second time. Nope. <laughs> then it, can you imagine this happening over and over again, Elijah? And then it says right here, six times, over and over again. Most of us, when we don't see something happening, 
the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time, the sixth time. We give up. We can't see tangible change with our natural eyes. We give up. But our circumstances get in between God and us instead of putting God between us and our circumstances. And that's what Elijah's doing. Yet Elijah held his ground, right? And he prayed a seventh time. And Elijah's servant then finally went out and he said, I, he strained his eyes and he looked upon the sea and he says, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand, like way out there. And he comes back to Elijah. I saw a little cloud. And Elijah's like, I'm done. That's it. That's it. Can you imagine? I see a cloud. What is that cloud that is so far away, that seems so small, but God is saying to you, I'm going to keep this promise to you. I'm going to keep this promise to you. Where do we need to hold the ground? It might seem so small, like a size of a man's hand, but I just wonder what would happen if Elijah stopped praying his third, fourth, fifth, sixth time. He would have forfeited the miracle of God, not just for himself, but for all of Israel. And guess what? When we forfeit God's miracle in our life, when God tells us to do something and we forfeit our role, when we sit back and we say someone else will do it, it doesn't only affect your life. It doesn't only affect your life. It affects your children and your children's children because you are leaving something, not you are praying something and doing something, not just for ourselves. All, if you read the Bible, all of Israel knew that the first role of the parent and the church was to leave something for the next generation. And all over the Bible, it says the next generation knew God and God blessed them. Or the next generation did not know God. Now that was the worst words we could hear. And for us, I want the next generation, whoever is lost, whoever comes to, is even associated with this place, to know Jesus, to experience Jesus, to experience a move of God, so that one day when we're all old and gone, and I can actually grow facial hair one day, right? And I'm living in India somewhere, I can call back, and the next generation is, is, is worshiping God way better than we've ever worshiped Him. The next generation knows God and knows the move of God, knows healing, knows that God does move in prayer. God moves boldly. I want the next generation to know God. I want my daughter, my sons, to know what it means when God moves. So what are some prayers that God has put in your heart? What are some callings that God has placed on you that we have stopped praying the fifth time, the fourth time, the third time? I want to encourage you. What's impossible for you? And this is what Jesus told Mary is possible for God. All things are possible. I, want to, I asked you a, a, a question in, during Christmas time. How big is your God? Is he bigger than your problem? Your biggest problem? Is he bigger than your worst failure? Is he bigger than your greatest fear? If yes, then I want you to come to the throne of God boldly. Boldly. What are some bold prayers you need to make? What are some prayers that don't even make sense? You're like, I haven't even thought of that before. That was like what happened with me, with uh, my daughter and my sons of discipleship. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was like, God, I need to disciple these guys. I need to pour into these people. I need to do this. I need to lead this way. And God's like, turn that off for a moment. I need you to set a time to be that pour in your children for the next generation. 
Take a moment right now and just be quiet. Turn off all the outside noise. Realign your satellite, right? And ask God sincerely, what bold moves do I need to make today? What bold prayers do I need to pursue? What are some things that God has already spoken to you that you gave up? That you need to resurrect again for God's glory and for your joy. And this time in total reliance on him. Take a few moments right now. Just bow your heads. Just quiet your heart. And start asking God, how can I pray? Teach me how to pray. That's what the disciples asked Jesus. How do you want to aim my life, God? What do I need to do this year that will change the realities of myself and the people around me? God, I know you want to move, God. Some of us, we need to repent boldly. There is sin in your life, and we're used to it. We have accepted it, or we've ignored it. There's apathy in our life, and we're like, I'm just okay with whatever. And you know, we know it's wrong, but we accept it which pushes God away and pushes people away. When Julie talked about going making big tables, you're like, that's good for them. And we're not accepting God's correction and God's course correction for our lives. That's why we're in the same place. And it might sound crazy. Sometimes we got to do something bold. Is there idols in your life that we have placed before God? If your relationship with God is on life support, it's time to repent. Repent even right now. Repent even right now as Jen sings. God, forgive us right now, Lord. Lord, for the sins that we have committed, the sins that we know, the sins that we don't know, Lord God. God, forgive us for just the lack, Lord God, of accepting the lack of God's presence as the norm. We desire more, Lord God. We desire more of you, more of you, God. Just take a moment. Take a moment. Just be quiet, bow your heads and listen. never prayed before, you just bow your head. See, Heavenly Father, I need you to speak to my life, God. I don't know you well. I don't know much about you, but I know that I'm in this room because nothing else is working in my life. I've tried all the other ways. I've tried it myself. And what I need, I might not be familiar, but I need a move of God in my life. I need to know that you're close. I need to know that you're there. I need you to direct me, Lord God. I have everything I want, but I am lacking in purpose, so I have nothing, Lord God. God, I pray let us not be comfortable without you, God. Lord God, we need you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Just take just a little more to pray. Just pray, guys. Heavenly Father, pray out loud some of you.
Lord, we thank you for life right now, God. We thank you that we're in this place. We're breathing. We're living, God. We acknowledge your presence, God, that so much of the presence and experience of you, who you are, God, is how much we chase after you, God. So in this moment in our hearts and our minds and our souls and our whole man, our whole woman, that we can engage, God, in pursuing you. Lord, that we, we run, we chase, we pursue you in every capacity we can, God, so that we experience the full presence, the full, full majesty, the full righteousness, the full glorification of God in our lives. God, we pray that this church, God, we would not stand by, stand by, be religious, come to a Sunday service, God, come to a, a life group, whatever it may be, God, and, and not engage ultimately in falling more in love with you, God. That we don't stay in just first grade, as John was saying in the metaphor, that we, we progress, we, we get older from, from if, we're, if we're later in life or to, to being very young in age, God, that we would be a church that runs after you, God, that we make bold moves, we boldly chase after you, God. We interrupt our, our comfort, we interrupt these things in our life that have become just a rhythm, God, and we look at ourselves and say, God, how can I chase after you more, God? Lord, for people who are maybe going through something that's 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 really uncomfortable right now, or maybe they're very disrupted, God, I pray for peace. I pray for 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 stability. I pray for God, you to move in that circumstance. But most of all, God, I pray that we learn through whatever we're going through, God, that we we accept that and we don't just give up, God, that we we would be made new, God. You are transforming us and making us new, God, and redeeming our lives, God. We love you. As the, the guys are going to get ready, Jen's going to sing over us one more time, and we're going to prepare offering. And you guys can give. Those who are uh, committed to this church of giving their tithe, please give. And, those, and, and, and it all goes to your children. It all goes to continue to run this place. But if you need to continue to pray, continue to pray. But they're going to pass these bags out. Just pass it out. And after you've given, you can stand, and you can sing this song one last time with us. When I was afraid. You were with me. You lifted. You can pass those out, guys. You can lifted me up when there was death. You brought life, Lord. When I was afraid, when I was afraid, you were with. And you lifted me up, and you lifted me up, you lifted me up, and you lifted me up, come on, and you lift, you lifted me up, and you lifted me up, and you lifted me up, God with us. us, God with us, God for us, nothing can come against, no one can stand between us, God with us, God for us, nothing can come against, one last time. God with us, God for us. Nothing can come against, no 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment that we had with you. I pray we leave boldly, Lord God. But this week, let us commit to making bold prayers as a church. Because as a church family, we want the move of God today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for coming. Get into a life group. Sign up for Growth Track. Just thank you for being here. God bless you guys.